So on the phone tonight, I have Ryan from the Psycho Killers. It's a Talking Heads tribute band. They're based out of Baltimore, and they're selling out all over the place. Uh, welcome, Ryan, to Something Came From Baltimore. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Could you explain the influences to the Talking Heads on you? Absolutely. Um, so I remember, you know, when I was young, so I, I grew up in the 80s, and I remember my dad listening to Talking Heads, and I remember always kind of being drawn to it. Uh, you know, the, the, the poppy nature, I think, is evident, but um, I don't think until I got older, I really started to appreciate, you know, how ahead of their time they were. It, it, it's something that has been with me since I was little. I've always kept kind of the Talking Heads with me musically. Um, my, my first band where I was doing original music, we would throw in an occasional cover, and a lot of times it ended up being a Talking Heads song. So, yeah, they, they've influenced my music playing for, for many years and uh, continue to, to do so. Why did you decide to uh, form the band, The Psycho Killers? Um, but I had the idea to do the Talking Heads tribute. I, you know, I, again, I, I didn't know anybody that was doing it. Um, I love that music. I think it's it's danceable. It's poppy, and uh, I thought, you know, why not give it a try? Uh, we knew the guitar player John Wood. He was kind of the first, uh, you know, person that came to mind when I thought about this because I knew his voice and his style, and I thought it would really suit Talking Heads. So um, me, the drummer, and John got together, and, and right away we knew we had something that worked. And um, Shortly after, we added a couple different pieces, and we've had a few other people um, here or there, but um, it'll be our 10-year anniversary in October. So um, we've been doing it for a while, and then people seem to dig it, so uh, it's a pretty cool thing. What I noticed is that this is what the Talking Heads would be like if they were still around. It seems to me that you were able to really capture the essence of the songs, and you create like a whole dance party where you're, you uh, segue into uh, each song. Uh, there's like long kind of jams before you get to the next uh, song. Uh, was that done on purpose? Yeah, so a lot of my background was, you know, in high school, I was into a lot of the jam music, and I like to improvise, and I feel like the Talking Heads music is so built for that, I and mean, especially the Remain in Life stuff, it's all so groove-oriented, and you can tell that that's what they were doing in the studio, they, you know, put these these grooves down, you know, bass and drums pretty much stay the same the whole time, and they kind of come up with the melodies on top of it, so... It definitely seemed like a good, you know, outfit for improvisation. So we, we like to throw it in the show. Um, sometimes we get a little carried away. Um, we try not to because it's not typically what you'd expect when you hear Talking Heads. So we don't want to turn off, you know, fans that like the old school, more punk Talking Heads. We still try to do that stuff as well. But um, yeah, we do try to mix it up. You know, improvise. But as you mentioned, we like to do those neat transitions songs that we think have a similar vibe and can kind of lead into one another. Um, it's definitely a staple of, of what we do. I would say that your show is about 35 years and older, but are you seeing a younger audience uh, come into your shows? 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. I think it's kind of both sides of it. Um, anybody, uh, I can't think when the Talking Heads stopped touring, but it had to be mid-'80s. So, I mean, there's not that many people that got to see them tour. So, certainly, there's the older crowd. Uh, but, again, I think the music translates so well. Um, you know, I was talking about it today with some friends. I mean, some of the music that they put out um, still sounds like it could be a hit today. So I definitely think there's a younger crowd that's latched onto it. So we do see some some younger people. So it's kind of neat to see you know the older crowd come out and, and kind of turn on the younger fans as well. What would be your top five Talking Heads songs? Sure. Um, and this is a lot harder <laughs> thing to do than, than it sounds like. I was I've been kind of racking my brain on this. Um, but I think I came up with a good list. So five, I put Psycho Killer. Um, I think it's just kind of, as you mentioned, kind of a throwback to the 70s style Talking Heads, what made them cool to begin with. It has that punk vibe to it, but it's so uniquely Talking Heads. Once in a Lifetime, um, that was the one that I still could hear, you know, hearing on the radio in the 80s and initially being drawn to. Um, such a great song. Lyrically, it's so simplistic when you play it, especially I'm a bass player. The bass line is two notes, um, but the song is so strong that it, it can really uh, you know, kind of make everything work. So that was on there. Number three, I put Memories Can't Wait. It's a, a bit more of an obscure one, but um, again, that, that heavier edge that they don't really have in a lot of their other songs um, that, that I really like. Um, it's, it's neat because a lot of the songs, I didn't know every song when I started Psycho Killer. So, you know, other people in the band are like, let's try this song, try this song. And you kind of get into the catalog and start to cover um, gems, so to speak, like Memories Can't Wait. <laughs> Number two, I uh, put Nothing But Flowers. Just an awesome song, awesome message, great lyrics, but especially to play. And that's one that you picked up on that we do like to kind of extend out that jam. There's a middle section there where there's a lot of percussion. Um, so we like to kind of break that down and build it back up. So probably my favorite tune to play.
And then number one, I think, is This Must Be the Place, Naive Melody. I think that's one of my all-time favorite songs by any band. Um, I just love the vibe of it. Um, again, the lyrics, uh, the melody, just the feel. Um, also, playing that one live, you can tell that one really connects with people. Um, so just kind of, you know, right when we bust into that first groove and people just, their faces light up because it's hard not to smile when you hear that song. So uh, it's like a secret song, you know, that if you're a real Talking Heads fan, you know, but everybody loves it. So, um, yeah, it's just, a, just a great tune. Every time it comes on the radio, um, you know, I can't help but, but listen to it. And, you know, I have two little kids and now they love that song. And my wife loves that song. It's just, it's hard. A fan of any kind of music, it's hard not to like This Must Be The Place. Um, yeah, so that's my top five again. That was really hard. There's a lot of other great tunes, but uh, there we go. You know, you have Tina Weymouth as the bass player for the Talking Heads, and I I'm a, think I'm a little older than you, but uh, we thought she was the coolest person in the whole entire world just because <laughs> when she was in the band, uh, she had a really great look. She did that really cool spinoff with Tom Tom Club. But as a as a as an artist, as you look through her her catalog and her work and what she does, what do you what do you think of her bass playing? I think she's so underrated. I, I mean. Again, I kind of throw back to the, the grooves that are in the music, especially, you know, Remain in Light. Like, every single song is just a groove. And if it wasn't for, for her and, um, you know, Chris France on drums, that, uh, you know, that, that music wouldn't be what it is. Um, so, yeah, her, her bass playing is not overly complicated. She's not, I don't, technically, she's not a, a bass whiz. But for that band, I think um, she was perfect. Um, great at laying down the groove. And there are some more... You know, tricky, complicated parts in there, but um, yeah, I definitely think she was the perfect fit to kind of take them to the to the next level. What is, would you say is your favorite Talking Heads album? Yeah, another one you, 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 you stumped me on a little bit. Um, my initial uh, instinct was Stop Making Sense. I mean, it's not technically an album, but uh, that, that live you know, show, I think, is the best live DVD of a concert ever made. I mean, just start to finish, the way that they conceptualized it, the music just blows my mind every time. But if I had to pick an actual studio album, I think I'd probably go speaking in tongues. Um, again, so many great songs. I love the grooves. Um, you know, burning down the house and just can't every. It's it's one after another. Just awesome songs of awesome grooves. It's actually um, the 35th anniversary of that that record. Everybody, get in line. Nothing can come between us. Nothing gets you down. Nothing turns you on. Somebody hit 
but I think Remain in Light has to be probably one of the near-perfect albums of all time. Yeah, no, I agree. And I want, Remain in Light was my gut instinct, but I felt like that was too easy. <laughs> Just yeah, know. It, you know, it is. There's no denying that how, how, how awesome that, that album is. And even like today, I mean, like EDM music is so popular, and it's drums and bass and the cool groove. And I mean, Talking Heads was doing that 40 years ago. Um you know, and then it just it still holds up today. It's really, you know, remarkable how, how forward thinking that album was. Ryan, the bass player from the Psycho Killers, thank you very much for spending time with me today talking about one of my favorite bands of all time, The Talking Heads. Perfect, Thomas. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, if they were trying to get a hold of you or your tour schedule, where would they, the audience be able to get a hold of you? Yeah, the easiest place right now is on Facebook, um, facebook.com backslash Psycho Killers Band. 